Welcome to Ruling Sports, a podcast giving you a playbook for life. I'm your host, Alicia Jessup. Join me as I interview athletes, leaders, and innovators to uncover their game plans for success and give you insights to rule your life. Let the play clock begin. What's holding you back from what you want in life? Have you ever truly asked yourself if it's really holding you back or instead you're using it as an excuse to not go after what you want? Today's guest is someone who lives with zero excuses. Instead, Nikki Nieves is someone who sets goals and pursues them with the full belief, despite whatever obstacles may be in front of her, that she can achieve these goals. Growing up in Queens, New York, before moving to Florida, Nikki competed as a kid in volleyball, track and field, and even cheerleading. While she excelled in each, volleyball became her passion, and she eventually competed in the sport at the college level at Queens College. As a child, Nikki set out to compete in the highest level of athletics, And as her career shows, she has achieved that goal. What's even more impressive, though, is Nikki reached the ultra-competitive level of intercollegiate traditional volleyball as a limb-different individual. For reasons not medically obvious, Nikki was born without a left hand. She didn't let this alter what she could do or could not do, though. Instead, she set out to be the best athlete, period. For years, Nikki shied away from adaptive sports, fearing that participating in them would lead others to recognize her first for being a limb-different individual instead of a spectacular athlete. After receiving an offer to play sitting volleyball when she was a traditional intercollegiate volleyball player, Nikki finally gave in at the encouragement of her parents and tried the sport. In this episode, she shares how sitting volleyball changed her life, opened her eyes to a new world of opportunity, and presented even greater athletic demands than she had ever faced in traditional volleyball. Nikki's successful athletic career continued in sitting volleyball when in 2016, she became a gold medal Paralympic winner. She tells us about how she's training for the 2024 Paris Paralympic Games and takes us inside the U.S. Women's National Sitting Volleyball Team's unprecedented 25-win streak. Here, Nikki shares the mindset that the team adopted to achieve this incredible feat. She also opens up about her own mental health journey and provides listeners with strategies they can adopt to manage their mental health. Finally, Nikki highlights the importance of representation and access to sport for all. To this end, she tells us about her nonprofit, Limitless People Incorporated, and what she's doing with it to create access to the sport she loves for all people around the world. You're going to fall in love with Nikki and be so deeply inspired by her and her story. So now join me in welcoming Nikki Nieves to the Ruling Sports Podcast. 
Nikki, welcome to the Ruling Sports Podcast. I'm so excited to talk about your incredible athletic journey and your organization, Limitless People Incorporated. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. What goal, quote, or mindset has guided your life? I'm a believer uh, and, you know, I love Jesus. Shout out Jesus. Um, So my biggest quote, honestly, would have to probably come from the Bible and through Christ, all things are possible. So just continuing to put my best foot forward. And if it's aligning with me and it's destined for me, it will happen. I, I love it. I am a believer too. And that verse has driven a lot for me. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your early days. Where did you grow up and what were you into as a kid? Yeah. So growing up, I'm originally from Queens, New York, Richmond Hill. Loved sports, but the private school that I was in, you couldn't play sports until you were in middle school. So, you know, you just Google and ogle and like hope for the day. Um, and then my dad retired and we moved down to Florida and I finally could play sports. And I decided that I wanted to start with volleyball. And what was really cool about it is that my parents weren't familiar with pair sport or adaptive sport and nothing. It was just, if you want to try a sport, try it and we're going to adapt it to you. So I did volleyball. I did track and field. Um, I ran and I threw a shot and discus. And then I also was a cheerleader. Um, and I did that all through high school. Senior year, I just solely uh, focused on volleyball. And then from there, I went back to New York, where I played volleyball at Queens College. And that's where they saw me <laughs> for the first time. So it kind of was a spectacle, for last, lack of better words, in terms of, like, there's a one-handed volleyball player, like, all of these interviews and stuff. And at one point, I just got over it. I was like, I don't want to be because I'm a one-handed volleyball player. Like I'd rather it be because I'm a phenomenal volleyball player, not because of a lack thereof. So I turned, started turning them down and a request that came through to our athletic director at the time was from the sitting volleyball team. And they were like, hey, we see that you have an athlete that's missing hand. We would love for her to come out and try sitting volleyball. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Just because... I fought really hard to be in the traditional space and to be looked at in the traditional lens. I didn't, you know, for ignorance, I was like, I don't want people to see me go do something adaptive and think that I couldn't hang with the big boys or the big girls. Like I just couldn't do it. So after a year, my parents were just like, go and try it. If you don't like it, you can leave, um, but at least try it. So I did, went out to San Antonio, Texas at Fort Sam Houston. Um, If I remember correctly, I was the only girl and everybody else was military, um, vet or active duty. And it was for the first time in my life that I felt really foolish for just hiding my hands or Mm. thinking that parasport was less than or just not being myself, like kind of putting myself in a box to make others feel more comfortable. Mm. Um, Because honestly, it was the first time in my life where I didn't feel like a leprechaun, meaning like I've grown up by myself. Like I didn't see other than different people. I didn't know what options were available to me. And it wasn't even something that I was thinking of. It was just trying to become a normal athlete, you know, also for lack of better terms, normal. So they were just popping off their legs and popping off their arms and talking so much smack because I was a volleyball player, but I was (laughs) terrible when I started sitting. And I was just like, wow, you know what? Like, this is pretty neat. And after three camps, I decided that like, I was just going to stick with it. So I literally decided to stop playing uh, standing volleyball. So in the uh, sitting game, I felt more community. I felt I could just relate to the people. I felt like this was going to be the drive for me to just be comfortable. And to be honest, like, Sitting volleyball is 
probably the sole reason why I feel so comfortable with who I am today. Wow. Because there, there's no ability for me to hide, if that mm. makes sense. Like, you, I started playing sitting volleyball, I started playing for Team USA, you start doing like these tournaments, and then people, you know, want to do interviews, and, you know, little kids are asking you questions, and you're in the limelight, and it was the first time that, like, I couldn't hide. I couldn't, and then oh. it turned into I can't hide to I don't want to hide because I've now I've become representation for so many um, and just a product of like what it means to have people supporting you that are like you and that are also pushing you to be your very best self. Oh my gosh. So many, so many great things in there. I, I want to come back to one thing you said, you kind of almost caught yourself saying normal sports. And I think yeah. that was a great call out. Cause I think a lot of us have done the same. Let's talk, though, about your pathway through what I'm going to call non-adaptive sports. And you can tell me if that's the wrong thing to call it. One thing listeners may not know, because they might be listening and not watching this, you were born without a hand. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And so you're, you're journeying through this and you it almost sounds like you were trying to like prove, if you will, like I, I, I can do anything anyone else can. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Things as small as like playing defense. So like passing, having to like use my platform and it's a little uneven. So like making sure that it's like as straight as possible or having to prove that like I can block because uh, my position was, and it's, it's so crazy because it's still the same today. I played outside and middle and then now sitting, I do the same. I play outside and middle just proving that like I could block, you know? And the weirdest part about it is that like, it's now it's looked at more as like an athleticism thing to where like when I was playing, and I like to say traditional volleyball, right. it was like, okay, like can she block? Cause she only has one hand. Like, is she going to get tooled? And I, I didn't like, it wasn't really like a thing. I feel like that, like at that level people were doing to whereas now I'm playing para and people are trying to tool off my hand or like keying into where my block is so they can hit over it. Oh. And now it's more about my athleticism. Like how well am I reading the hitter? How well am I getting my body to where the block is? Yeah. It definitely just was a, a big thing of like a whole mindset change. Right. Like I, if I say normal, that's like furthering the stigma that para sport is less than if I say normal, it's making adaptive and parasport weird. So what I try to do is when I'm talking to others, I'm like, oh, traditional volleyball or standing volleyball and sitting volleyball, just so we can like have people key into like, oh yeah, like, no, that's sitting and that's standing to normalize it more instead of saying like, oh, well, when you played normal volleyball and I'm like, no, well, volleyball's normal. Like you mean sitting? <laughs> Yeah. And I, I love your call out about representation, which we'll get to. I think representation is so critical. And one thing I love about this podcast is we've had some of the world's greatest athletes on the show who happen to be Paralympians. Um, one is Trisha Zorn Hudson, Esther Wager, And now you, of course, this may seem like a silly question to me. I think sports like sitting volleyball or wheelchair basketball require greater athleticism than traditional basketball or traditional volleyball. You've done both. Can, can you speak to that a little bit and what your thoughts yeah. are? Man, I, I feel like when I, no, I don't feel, I know when I was playing 
um, indoor when I was playing standing, I I could jump really high. And I didn't necessarily care about like where the block was going, where people were going. Like I was just a dumb jock. <laughs> so lack of better words. I was just like, oh, I can have jump the block. Who cares? Like just get it over them. Who cares? And then it came to sitting where I was like, now I have to beat a block in terms of like my movements. And now I have to make sure that I'm using different tools in my toolbox to get around a block because now I'm trying to hit against girls that are six three, six four, and I can't out jump them. You know what I mean? So now yeah. I'm having to like really worry about like where my placement is on the ball, where my body is in terms of where the ball's coming from, how fast did I get there? How hard am I hitting it? On what, what part of my hand am I hitting it? Am I going thumb up? Am I going thumb down? Um, and then just really making sure that I am also including my recovery because standing's really hard on the knees, right? Like you're always jumping, you're always jumping. But then sitting, I feel like it's just hard on the entire body. And then there's no research to show what we're going to look like in the thir next 30 years. I tore, prime example, I tore my meniscus. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, oh, you know, you can't jump. Like you're either going to rehab it or you're going to get surgery. But in sitting, I could still play. It was fine, but it hurts on my knee. And then like once it's healed, like now it's healed, but it still feels different because I'm having to push off on my legs or my shoulders. Like, what does my shoulder health look like? Because now we're using our entire body to get across the court. Wow. So I feel like it just takes a level of just full body, really, like yeah. full body constantly and consistently. Um, and then just keying into like what your body needs in return because you've done so much. Like, it, I don't know, like, I just feel like it's so much more of an investment athletically. Do you want exclusive insights from your favorite athletes, sport industry leaders, and innovators delivered straight to your inbox? Subscribe today to the Ruling Sports Newsletter. The Ruling Sports Newsletter cuts the mystery out of success by bringing you leadership tools, entrepreneurial strategies, business insights, and wellness tips straight from some of the world's most positively impactful people. So go to rulingsports.com today and subscribe for free. Wow. And I, I love the pause that you made of, and there's no research to say what this is going to do for my body. Mm -hmm. you, you've been such a vocal advocate for the need for representation in sport, period. But to your point, there is little to no research in this space. Yeah. So hopefully people listening hear this as a call for an opportunity. We have a lot of scholars that listen to this show. So hopefully oh. some take you up on it. I want to talk about your organization, Limitless People Incorporated. Can you tell yeah. us what it is and why you founded it? Yeah. Long story short, I love volleyball and I've been provided so many opportunities through it. A, because I've been incredibly blessed. Like the Lord has put me in such a great position to excel and has blessed me with it. And then B, because my parents had the resources to pour back into me. In order to be the best that you can be, you need to essentially be playing the entire year. And that comes with playing club. And then dependent on like which club org you play. So the two big ones are AAU and USAV. One gets looked at more by more elite teams, D1, D2, than the other one does. But now if you're playing the more expensive one, it's more expensive financially. So some when I played, my parents dropped about four grand for me to play for five months. And now that's exponentially risen. Also, some clubs don't include your flights, your hotel stays, your meals. Like that's just solely 
to be in the club, to get your uniforms, and then to pay the fees to play on that board. So for me, it just, it was a really big thing of like, I know that I've been blessed tremendously with opportunity, with financial resource, even where I'm based uh, geographically, what would somebody else reach had they only had like two or 3% of what I had? Um, so I try to like do camps and clinics and like teach people. And I also do community re uh, outreach because I just, I love connecting with people. So three weeks ago, I did a back to school clinic in Puerto Rico in my dad's hometown of Naguabo. And I did a back to school clinic and we like did volleyball and I gave away uh, school supplies. So like pencils, pens, papers, books, book bags. I did like little toy giveaways. I did like gift card giveaways. Some of my favorite ones are like uh, clinics that I've done are in Dominican Republic, just because I have more freedom there. And not to say that I don't have freedom in Puerto Rico. The Caribbean's awesome. But just because I have a lot of freedom to just like go and then like everybody's so excited because I haven't seen them in a long time. And um, our dollar goes really far there. So I, I have the ability to feed the whole town if I want to. Wow. And that's just, it's awesome to me. So just literally like paying it forward. Like if I've been blessed, I should pay it forward. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying the show. Please don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review Ruling Sports on iTunes or your favorite podcast streaming service. It goes a long way to growing the show. Thank you for your support. Wow, that, that's incredible. And we'll drop a link in the show notes for how listeners can support your organization. Yeah. In 2019, you and the U.S. Women's National Team went undefeated, winning an impressive 25 matches. How do you do that? How do you let success run that long? Honestly, I feel like the biggest thing, I don't remember where we heard it. I, I know it was sports psych, but I don't remember what year or like what we were going through. But I remember it was a sports psych session. And I remember the thing being one point at a time. It's super easy, especially when you're like a high performing team and you're used to like winning. It's super easy to like go into a match and be like, well, we're going to win this. So whatever. But just being super like attentive to like each point and like your contribution and how to make it better and not jumping the gun because in, in reality like things could change i mean it's changed for us before to where like you know we think we're going to win a game and we didn't win that match so it's just keying into like each point one point at a time and then when we get to 25 that's the part we're focusing on because now we're on 25 but right now we're on point three yeah. so don't focus on 25 because we're still on three I, I love that. I think a lot of it is staying present and to staying present. One thing you've been very vocal about is mental health, um, especially during the pandemic. You actually penned a great piece. Again, we will link to that. But you, you've said that mental health is what took the U.S. Women's National Sitting Volleyball Team from silver to gold medals. How mm -hmm. do you manage your mental health? And is there a strategy or a tip or an insight you can share? My biggest thing after like my Tokyo upset, so I rostered for Tokyo and then I got sick three days before. Um, I think that was like the biggest hit career-wise athletically. Um, no, I don't think I know. That was the biggest career hit um, athletically. And I just really had to tune into like what I needed because, uh, you know, I'm just a people pleaser by nature. That whole thing, I was like, how do I show up for my team? Because I'm like the cheermonger. Like I'm always like, oh, let's go, let's go. Um, how do I make my family feel okay? Because my mom and dad, like, we're going through it, right? Like, you just saw your daughter train for five years and trying to go back again, and now she's sick and she's in the room. And then just how do I show up for myself? I think that point in my life, I was just like, what, what do I need? What can I give? And what do I need to step back from? 
um, and how to how do I climb out of the slum? Um, I had to learn how to allow myself to feel. Um, even now, like my biggest thing is like flowing through frustration. So I'm not like faking the funk, like I'm frustrated right now, but I still have to perform. So I'm going to get out of it, but like, let me feel instead of choke it out. Mm. Um, what does uh, my recovery look like in terms of mental health? So just isolation in terms of like, maybe I need to go for a walk. Maybe I need to go to the beach. Um, the gym was a really big one for me. Um, having community and I love all of my teammates. I really do. Um, but, you know, just by nature, you're closer to some than you are others. So, you know, just being honest and reaching out when I didn't feel well or when something was bugging me, setting setting boundaries. That's another good one. And just, I don't know, like just being honest. Like, I feel like when you're a people pleaser, when you're not honest, it only hurts you. You can push stuff away all you want and put it out of your mind, but the body doesn't forget. So at some point, your body's going to want to get rid of whatever you're holding mm. on to. And you don't know when it's going to hit. You could be in the middle of a meeting or in a practice or anywhere. And now you're just like super depressed and you're crying. Your body's shutting down. You're getting sick. Like all of these things that are just linked to not being aware or taking care of your mental health. Have you read The Body Keeps the Score? I've heard, but I haven't read it yet. You, I mean, you you basically just summarized it in that last point. So yeah. it, exactly, it, it's all connected and we have to prioritize our mental health. So thank you for being a vocal advocate for that. What's next in your athletic journey? Yeah, so right now I'm currently training for Paris. I'm trying to give it our all. I am super excited just to go back. I keep calling it my redemption year just yeah. because I like prepped for Tokyo and I had all of these numbers beat that I wanted to beat uh, just for myself. And now I'm like, okay, like, can I double down on those numbers? Like, what does Paris look like? How do I want to feel? And just, man, like getting the gang all back together. Like, I'm just so excited to like compete on that stage again with them. That's awesome. And we we can't wait for it either. We'll be rooting for you. And of course, every Olympian and Paralympian on Team USA, how can listeners keep up with you? Yeah. So on Instagram, my handle is Nicolina underscore Cruz with three Z's, or you can just type in Nikki Nieves. The same for my nonprofit. If you type in Limitless People INC will come up. And then if you wanted to check out our website or send a donation or see how you could help and get involved, it's limitlesspeopleinc.org. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for embracing life and giving it your all and showing truly that you have limitless potential. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Hey everyone. Thanks for listening. I hope you gained wisdom that will help you rule your life. Let's stay connected on social media. We're at ruling sports on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Sign up for our weekly newsletter at rulingsports.com and email me your thoughts about the show at alicia at rulingsports.com. If you liked what you heard, subscribe, rate, and review the show and join us next time.